you will this morning, turn with me to the gospel according to Luke chapter 7, verse 35. Very short verse, but very powerful when applied by the Holy Ghost. That's Luke 7, 35. But wisdom is justified of all her children. Let us pray. Oh Lord, how great thou art. How worthy thou art to be praised. Lord, I thank thee as I look across thy people this morning. I thank thee, Lord, for bringing them here. For thy healing. For thy keeping. For the hedge that you've put about us. The strength that we have. The life that we have. We owe all to thee, O oh Lord. I pray now in this hour that thou would be pleased to bring us to thy feet. To be instructed. That you would be pleased to open the heavens. Allow thy manna to fall from heaven. That thy son would speak to our souls. We would know his presence and the gloriness of thee. Lord, may you be honored and glorified, for thou art worthy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. But wisdom is justified of all her children. That's Luke 7, 35. We're going to start with where this was used in just a minute. But it's interesting, as Jesus said these words, um, some words in here that that hopefully we'll define today. Not what wisdom is, but who wisdom is. Who Jesus meant here. What justified means. Not in the, It's certainly not used as how Christ justified his, his people or how he is the just and justifier of all of his people. How he has proclaimed them not guilty because of his perfect sacrifice, because of his perfect righteousness. This Justified means endorsed or approved of. So let that sink down a minute as we read where we're, where we're coming from. And then may the Lord bless today this gospel truth about his people. Because it is examining. Jesus says, but wisdom is endorsed, is approved of, is justified of all her children. All of his people justify, endorse, speak of, live after, walk after him. So if you will, turn with me just back to verse 29 a moment. We'll start there. This is the part where Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and all of those that were gathered around as well as his disciples. And he was speaking about John. And he asked them up earlier, he said, what went you out in the wilderness to see? He's talking about the purpose John had upon this earth. John told us what it was. He must decrease as Christ increases. He was the forerunner. He was the spokesman. He was the one that heralded Christ to come. John didn't put the spotlight on himself. He sent his disciples to Jesus to find out about Jesus. He wanted them to hear from their voice, the, the voice of Christ. And as now we come to this part, Jesus says up in, in um, 24, he said, what went you out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind. A reed is, is empty inside. It's taken by the wind. It's shaking everywhere. Jesus said, this was the one who came to speak of me. What were you expecting to see? Did you think he was going to get duped by the world? Did you think he'd be swayed with politics? Did you think he'd be swayed with the things going on in this world? No, 
He was one called of me. He was not shaken by everything in society. He came with a purpose, and that was to make the way for me to speak of my coming. He said, what went you out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. What are you looking for? You're looking for a king. You're looking for someone in the court and the majesticness of someone dressed in this society. That's not how we came. Jesus was born in humility. John dressed in humility. The people of God are brought to see and bring and live out humility of their Savior. So we pick up in 29 and it says, All the people that heard him, speaking of John, and the publicans justified God. That's that same term we have in our text, justified. Doesn't mean you can't make God holy. You can't say God is just. This means approved of. They approved of what John was speaking. Being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves. I want you to understand that. They heard what John spoke. They heard what Jesus spoke. And they knew it spoke against their life. It spoke against the way that they lived their life. It spoke against all their religion. They knew that it did. Being not baptized of him. And the Lord said, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? It's a very searching question because... I look and I read what Jesus had to say and I say there's nothing different today. There's nothing new under the sun. I want you to listen to the indictment that Jesus says about man. He says, and the Lord said, whereunto that then shall I liken the men of this generation and to what are they like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace and calling one to another and saying, we have piped unto you and you have not danced. It's an, well, I'm going to go on. We have mourned to you and you have not wept. This is speaking to the indifference and the hardness of man. When John came and spoke of Christ, he spoke of the grace that was in Christ. He spoke to them and he said, you repent or you perish. When Jesus came, Jesus spoke the gospel of himself. And he spoke to them about being the fulfillment of the law. He spoke to them about the, what we would call the, the joyfulness of grace. And he spoke to them about the strictness and the fulfillment of the law. And nothing moved them. Nothing. They were hardened men. Is their generation any different than our generation that we live in today? You would have to answer no. If you turn your TV on and you listen to man and all of his intellect and all of his explaining, there is no glory given to God. There is no humility. There is no work of Christ in the soul. That's what's being put forth here. You are hardened. You have been hardened by life. Nothing has changed you. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. And we know that about him. He ate the, the locust and the wild honey and, and he drank the water and he had that simple life. And he had that life and they looked at him and they said, he has a devil. That's the way they looked at John. The way you live, I pronounce that you have a devil. The, Jesus then says, the son of man has come. 
I have come down from heaven. I am made flesh. And I came eating and drinking. I came and I turned that water to wine. And I drank of that wine. I sat and I went into the homes of publicans and sinners. And what do you say about me? You say, behold, a gluttonous man. A wine bibber. A drunk. A friend of publicans and sinners. You look down on me because I sat with the sinners. And then our text. That is the, that's where our text is used. Jesus looks after saying all of where man is and in his state. And he says, but wisdom is justified of all her children. Christ is speaking of himself. How do I know that? How do I know that wisdom is justified of all her children? Why is wisdom used in the effeminate? Well, this is what Paul had to say. 1 Corinthians 1, 23 and 24, Paul said, But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks he's foolishness. But unto them which are called, listen to this, unto them which are called, called by grace, called by the voice of God, called by the power of God, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. He goes on in chapter 1 at the end of in verse 30 to say, But of him, of Christ, he's speaking of Christ, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. This wisdom that Jesus is speaking of, of himself, that the children of God are partakers of, we are made unto him that way. Because we're in him. We are made unto him wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. This morning we're going to focus on wisdom. Because that's what our text says. Christ is wisdom. Christ is the epitome of wisdom. You tell me we don't need wisdom today. We are heard in everything. And that's, that's what I want you to understand today. Wisdom is not a thing. Wisdom is not a, a um, verb. Wisdom is not a noun. Wisdom is nothing but Christ. For the child of God, wisdom is Christ. Our voice and what we hear in this life today with the disease going around, with all the unrest, with the politics, with the election year coming up, what is it we need to hear? It's not a wisdom. It is wisdom. The wisdom of God, who Paul said is the Lord Jesus Christ, who we are made unto him wisdom. Must hear his voice. Must have his presence in us. Later in Colossians 2, 3, he says, in whom, speaking of Christ again, are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now the bulk of our message this morning, we're going to come back to our text to, to deal with the rest of this verse. But this morning I, I said we had to answer who is wisdom. And the best place I know in the word of God to define who wisdom is, is Proverbs 8. If you'll turn with me over to Proverbs 8. We'll be camped here for a little while. And it divides up nicely. When the Lord, the Holy Spirit impressed upon Solomon to write of who his Lord was, who Christ was, 
he used this term, wisdom. The first five verses he shares with us this morning is the declaration of Christ. So let's read those. Does not wisdom cry? And understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places by the way in the places of the paths. She cries at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call. Jesus came to save sinners. He did not come for the angels. He did not come for any other reason. He came to save his people from their sins. Unto you, men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. Oh, now look at who he addresses this to. Oh, you simple. Simple. Not taught of the world. Not lusting after how the world looks at things. Not lusting after the world's knowledge. Not the ones who sit in the world's... Remember, the children of this generation, the children of this world, are wiser than the children of God. They're wiser in this world. Sometimes I think we desire so much to be wise in the things of this world. Well, the gospel goes to the simple. Jesus said, or Solomon writes, Oh, you simple, understand wisdom. It's to you the wisdom is preached. And you fools... So I don't like that term. Paul tells us we're fools for Christ's sake. We're made to know that our wisdom is Christ. Our understanding is Christ. Our knowledge is Christ. It's not of ourselves. That if we, if we were left to our own knowledge, we'd be a fool. We would seek after the things of this world. We'd seek after the happiness of this world. We'd seek after the protection of this world. In this day of COVID-19, in this day of, of danger and everywhere that we go out, if we're left to ourselves, if we're left to ourselves, we're going to be left to fear. We're going to be left to uncertainty. We're going to be left to saving ourselves. No, you fools, be of an understanding the Lord gives understanding. The Lord reveals that we are foolish without Him. And, and the best of our knowledge and the best of what we study and the best of how we try to preserve ourselves is foolishness in His sight. He is the sovereign Lord who has a sovereign plan for every one of us in this world. And then we go on to verse 6 and, and 6 through 9 is where we see the the word is the truth and the righteousness of Christ. He says, hear, for I will speak of excellent things. And the opening of my lips shall be right things. Now, I just said we listen to a lot of reports in this land. We do. We turn on the TV. We turn on the weather report today. We've turned on a lot of different voices to get information. But Jesus says something about what comes out of his voice. That it's right things. The opening of his lips shall be right things. If you're like me, and I know you are, because the Lord has taught us the same, when we hear what man has to say, we have doubt. We don't sit there and drink down everything we hear and say, well, that's the gospel that guy just said. Because we know that men are foolish. We know that men put their own opinions. We know that man has his own idea. But Jesus said what comes from his lips is all right things. For my mouth shall speak truth. 
Can you say that about any other man that you know that he will always speak truth? Not even of the ones we revere the most. My mouth shall speak truth and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. I cannot lie. I cannot speak wickedness. Do you desire today to hear his voice? The voice of truth, the voice of wisdom, the voice of guidance. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. All of them. All of the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. They are plain to him that understandeth and right to them that findeth knowledge. Plain and right. The word of God as revealed by the Holy Spirit. He speaks of Christ in these pages. He speaks and shows the child of God of what Christ has done in these pages. He speaks the truth that's found in Christ Jesus. And then we go to the next section in 10 through 13, where he speaks of the excellency of Christ over everything. Remember, this whole chapter is a description of the Lord Jesus Christ as wisdom. This wisdom is justified. This wisdom is exalted. This wisdom is praised of all of the children of God. Receive my instruction and not silver. Silver, not the things of this earth that we, that we deem to be so high and so rich and so worthy of our praise and our time and our Glory. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, wisdom, dwell with prudence. Prudence is the working of wisdom. Prudence is the outworking of wisdom. The Lord's work is powerful. The Lord's work is active. The Lord's work is a work of grace and moving the child of God to Christ in this life. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. There's nothing hidden from him. The fear of the Lord. Isn't that what we're told in this book? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Do you fear the Lord today? I can't answer that for you. I don't mean as some abstract being that's controlling a, a hurricane or controlling COVID. I mean in your life as you sit in that chair today, do you have the fear of the Lord that restrains you, that teaches you, that, that gives you a say, I need to hear his voice. I need the wisdom of Christ. I need the knowledge of God. I need the mind of Christ. That's what the fear of God does. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. Those things the Lord hates. And if he has given you the mind of him, you will hate them. Don't. Tell me and me for myself, I cannot speak to the Lord and say, I fear you, Lord, as I'm a proud individual. I cannot say that I'm fearing the Lord when I'm full of arrogancy, when I'm walking outside of the way. That's what the Lord is speaking. He is purity. He is the purity of wisdom. We are not to, to uh, pollute 
the word wisdom with the way we think of what wisdom is and the wisdom of man. It's the wisdom of God is purity. It's the purity of his son. You're going to see that in a minute. You're going to see the oneness of the father and the son and the oneness of the son with his people. The next section, 14 through 17, shows his sovereign rule. Christ's sovereign rule over all of life and salvation. Counsel is mine. Mine, Jesus said. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. That comes from me and me alone. I am understanding. Not what we read in books. Not what we hear on TV. Not what we've even picked up on on this life. The wisdom we've accumulated. The things that we... It's one of the things I, I admire about my brother Paul. He can, he can watch a video and figure out how to do something. That's the wisdom of this life. And the Lord has blessed him with an ear and an eye to be able to do that. Me, not so much. But the wisdom of Christ is what reveals those things of Christ. And that's what he said. Those things. He gives us the wisdom to do all things. Even in knowing how to put that car apart. Take it apart. Put it together. The Lord's wisdom. That's what we have to have. We can't have our own. We don't, we don't have that ability to transcend what we must know and what we must have. We're dependent. Dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Counsel is mine and sound was I am understanding. I have strength. Listen to these words. By me, kings reign. By me. Who's going to be president of this land? I'll tell you what. Wisdom will decide it. The Lord Jesus Christ will decide it. Not man. By me, kings reign. And princes decree justice. You want, and everyone, oh, these judges are so... What? Listen, this is under the sovereign rule of God. If he allows them given over to themselves and their wickedness, that is glory to God. He has a purpose in it. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me. Why? Well, John tells us because he loved us first. There's a reciprocating love. He loves them. That's a particular love. I love them that love me. You won't love him without his love. You won't love him without him loving you first. You will never love him in the way that Christ demands your love without his love. His sacrificial love. His perfect love. His purity of love. That's his. I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. There's a promise of shall. They will find him. He is that seeking merchant man. He seeks all of his children out. He seeks the lost sheep. He brings them to himself. And you know what he promises? They will hear me. They will seek me. And they'll seek me early. And I will be found. What a precious promise. Then we go into the next section, which I call 18 through 21, which all the blessings that are stored in our Joseph, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Everything flows from him. Riches and honor are with me. You see that? 
Riches and honor are with me. I am the dispenser of all things. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, is better than gold. Has He taught you that yet? Is the joy of Christ better than your riches? Is the joy of Christ better than anything you have in this earth? Is the joy and the peace and the love and the faith, is that greater than all of the things we have? My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. I do that. That I, don't miss this, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. All of Him. Jesus does not back down. The Holy Spirit never backs down from where all the glory belongs. For everything is in the head. Everything and all glory is due unto His name. That I may cause, I am the first cause of my children loving me. I am the first cause of my children walking after my voice. I am the first cause. I am the power of them being willing. I, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. And I will fill their treasures. It's a promise. He is our filling. He is our filler. He is the one that fills us with his joy. Who gives us of his faith who blesses us with his love, who gives us of his long suffering, who shows us and works in us his gentleness and his peace. And all of those things that are stored up in Christ. He is the first cause of everyone. He's the only cause. But that's not all. It's still not all. The, the Solomon still, as the Holy Spirit has got... Is more depth. Let's talk about the eternality of Christ now. Listen to this. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way. Before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting. From the beginning. Forever the earth was. I was with the father then. I was there when everything was made. I was there. The Father decreed that all things consist in me. The Father has given me the creation of all things. I was there with him. I was set up from everlasting or from the beginning or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was, I was brought forth. I was. That's Jesus Christ, the eternal son. We have an eternal righteousness. We have an eternal salvation. We have eternal justification all because of Christ. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him. 
and I was his delight. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. I was with him. This is everything the Father has given the Son. All creation is his. He is Lord over all things. And then we have the oneness with the Father, as we've seen, and the oneness with the sons of God. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth and my delights. As you've seen the oneness with the Father, now you see the oneness with the church. And my delights were with the sons of men. That's it. That's it, guys. His delight is his church. His delight is his people. Why is this world spared today? Because of his elect living in it. Why is it that the Lord is merciful to this where we're at? Because of the Lord is watching over his people. Because of his church. Because of his betrothed. Because of the one that he has elected before the foundation of the world. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. And my delights with, with the sons of men. I came down here. Now therefore hearken unto me, O you children. For blessed are they that keep my ways. Do you not see this as Christ? Can you come to this chapter and not see it as Christ? Your tradition is gone. This is Christ in Christ alone. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me. That heareth me. That doesn't hear man. That hears me. That hears my voice. For they shall all be taught of me. Watching daily at my gates. Waiting at the post of my doors. My habitation. My tabernacling with him. My communing with him. For whoso findeth me. Findeth life. He that has the son. Hath life. He who has not the son. Hath not life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. For whoso findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. That's those and those alone. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. You see that? Our soul is wronged when we're sinning against him. We're robbed of that communion. Sin has come in between us and the Lord Jesus Christ. All they that hate me, that hate my rule, that hate being dependent upon me, all those that hate me as wisdom, all those that hate me as uh, they're all in all, love them. Because anything outside of Christ is dead. Now let's go back to our text in Luke 7, 35. Because now we have the rest of it. But wisdom is justified of all her children. Wisdom is the Lord Jesus Christ. We've seen it. Proved it in the scriptures. Paul. And I told you what that word means. Justified. It's endorsed. I approve of Christ. Christ is my life. Christ is my all in all. Wisdom is approved of of all of her children 
That word all in there tells us something. Every knee will bow. Every one of God's people will bow the knee to the Lord's sovereign rule in their life. And he will be their life. You know, I, I, I thought about that yesterday as I was mowing the yard. I had this thought drop down to me and, and I thought about regeneration. And I think about how the religious world today makes so light of it. Being born again. Or born. Let me tell you something. Being born again is a life-altering event. If I asked you right now, are you born again? What evidence do you have that you've been regenerated? That you've been born again. I got you. Because if you went right to yourself. If you went right to saying this is what I've done for God. Or this is the fruit that I've shown in my life. You aren't regenerated. That's what our text tells us. Wisdom is justified of all her children. The child of God speaks of what Christ has done for him. What Christ has done. Christ has given me life. How do you know you're born again? Because Christ is my life. Christ has performed all things for me. Christ has shown me the way. Christ is the truth. It's not what I've done. It's no mixture I have with Him. It's purity of Christ and what Christ has done. That is what being born again is. That is what the Lord said, I will give you a new heart where that heart will sing my praises all the time. That's the new man of grace that always speaks of what Christ has done. And there's no mixture in it. That is justifying the Lord Jesus Christ as wisdom. Paul said it this way in Romans 3.26. He said, declare I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. That is the justifier in the sense of legality. And Lord has made us not guilty. We don't make God not guilty. That's not what this is saying. Please understand that today. Please understand this means approved of. This means endorsed. The Lord is my life. That's what that means. In fact, the psalmist said it this way in Psalm 115.1. Not unto us, O Lord. You know what that is? That's a soul saved by grace. That's a regenerated soul. That's one that the Holy Spirit is revealing to him, Christ in him, the hope of glory. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. For thy mercy and thy truth's sake. See that? You see the gospel conversation? In Psalm 8, 9, he said, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. In Psalm 51, where David was shown the error of his ways and he's crying out to the Lord in repentance, in godly repentance that God only could give him. And he's crying out and he says this in 51, 4. He says, against thee and thee only have I sinned. And done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified. When thou speakest. And be clear when thou judgest. Lord you are holy. Lord you are the one I've sinned against. 
Lord, you are the one that's worthy of all praise. I've done nothing. David was a king. A humbled king. To say, Lord, the crown belongs on your head. I had it wrong. I thought it was my head. I thought I could take what I wanted. I thought I could do what I wanted. And nothing would go wrong. The Lord said, no. I am your Lord. Without me, you can do nothing. Let's consider Job a moment. Job, who at the beginning of his life, everything taken from him. And when everything was taken, what was the testimony What was the testimony of Christ in his soul? What did the Holy Spirit speak to him? The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's what the Lord does. That's Job's testimony. Well, then what happened? Then the three friends came. And then they all started on Job and started on Job. And they started, oh, and it's all that legal religion and all that false religion and oh you brought this all on yourself and the law and the condemnation came but what happened to Job? what happened to job in all that way well i'll tell you what happened to him in job 30 32 2 then was kindled the wrath of elihu the son of barokal the buzite of the kindred of ram against job his anger was kindled against job why Against Job was his wrath kindled because he justified himself rather than God. He approved of himself more than he did God. He kept telling his friends, but I've done this. I've done that. He lost sight of God. He lost sight of his Redeemer. He lost sight of the one who's done everything for him. And he got up in a religious conversation and he started telling all the religious world, This is why this should not have happened to me. I did this. I kept this. I prayed for my children. I did this. God should treat me this way. And Elihu, the servant of God, who was sent to say, Thou art the man, Job. His anger was kindled against him. Because why? Everybody likes saying, Oh, it's self-righteousness. That is part of it. It is part of it. That is what self-righteousness is. I'm righteous. I declare me justified himself he approved of himself he endorsed himself more than he ever did God and what happened what did God do what did the Lord do did he leave Job there he spoke to him he spoke to him and showed him his creative power he showed him everything that he's done and then he humbled him before him where Job put his hand on his mouth and he couldn't even he said Lord I'm so unworthy I can't even speak to you that's what the Lord does to his children That's how he humbles us and he brings us and he strips us of self and he reveals himself. That is the glorious of our Lord. That's what he does in the soul. Wisdom is justified of all her children. So the children are crying out, Lord, you did it. You've done this. The Lord even had mercy upon those three religious friends because he accepted them by Jesus. what the Lord does. I got two things to say in closing today. I'm going to leave you with Paul's words. One is in 1 Corinthians 1, 31. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. That's what our text says today. Our text says 
Wisdom is justified of all the children. Paul said, you know, it's the Holy Spirit is upon him. If all the Spirit is in him, he's working. He says, Paul, this is the truth. If you are to glory, you glory only in the Lord. You glory only by the Lord. We'll see that in a minute. According as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. He is praised. He is the name. He is the name that should be exalted. And finally, our final text in Hebrews 13, 15. By him. By him. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. By him. There's no other way. Wisdom is justified. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks to his name. Giving thanks to what he has done. Not unto us, Lord, but unto thee. Lord. Our text one more time. But wisdom is justified of all her children. May the Lord impress that upon each one of us this day. That we justify the Lord in our speech in our actions, and everything that we do exalts his name. Dear Heavenly Father, have thy power and thy clarity. For this I ask in Jesus' name.